When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, NFL Draft fans, welcome to the 49ers Rush Podcast with your host, this me, John Chapman, and if you want to reach out to me on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman, we got a fun episode for you today. It's going to be a lot, but that's okay. We are going through offensive tackle, kind of the three tiers that I have at the top, because man, th- there is, it's pick your poison with these tackles, because there's a lot of guys that can play both guarded tackle, that can play right tackle, left tackle, and then there's a couple guys that are just your left tackle, pass pro specialist. So we're going to get through five player profiles today, and then at the end of that, we're going to do a little bit draft mailbag. People have been sending in their questions. I really appreciate that, and we're going to go through some of those in depth. So uh, that's what we have on the agenda for today, and if you want to get those questions in, again, Twitter, uh, just you can private message me there, at JL underscore. Chapman, or you can email me, 49ers Rush Podcast at gmail.com. So again, at JL underscore Chapman on Twitter or 49ers Rush Podcast at gmail.com. So the five guys we're going to talk about today, and this is my order. And so let's piss people off early so that, you know, I could say their guy's not my favorite, and then I get the email. I love those. I love hate mail. It just makes me very, very happy, so I appreciate that. So, uh, Juwan Taylor is the number one tackle in this class out of Florida, and we'll go through each one in depth. Uh, You know, scouting notes and player comparisons, draft position, all those things, and then we will rank them through my top ten criteria for each position that's based off of Bill Walsh's scouting notes that he put out so i kind of took what he he did and made it a little bit more of a rubric type thing i'm a teacher it's kind of what i do uh (laughs) and so i rank every player one to ten and these guys are a lot of fun so having said that right off the bat i have taylor in a tier of his own i he is he's special Uh, juan taylor is beyond special but then after that the second tier i have dalton reisner out of kansas state he's a lot of fun he can play all five positions he's your versatile k-state kind of lineman and andre dillard out of washington state who's not really a run guy at all but just absolute ceiling whenever it comes to pass pro some teams will have andre dillard number one on their board some teams will have him probably number seven or eight or even off their board completely because he is not a mauler guy he's not going to get a lot of movement in the run game he's a guy that's just going 
going to keep your quarterback from getting touched in pass protection. So then the third tier, and this isn't a knock saying they're in the third tier. I think that they are absolutely incredible and probably going to go in the first round or close to it. And that's Jonah Williams out of Alabama and Cody Ford for Oklahoma. So both of those guys are guys that are kind of pegged as that guard to tackle. Maybe they're not your ideal left tackle because of length issues. But so that's kind of the snapshot. Now let's focus and let's jump into depth on each one of these players. Okay, so Jawan Taylor out of Florida. Got to start with this guy. Six foot five. 312 with 35 inch arms you know that 34 inch arms seems to be the cutoff at the nfl level for length for a proper left tackle as soon as you get past that i don't know why you know it's one of those things that i'm not necessarily a big fan of but it just seems after you hit that measurement you're golden uh, you can automatically play left tackle that's the way uh the draft Twitter and you know NFL executives seem to think I disagree with that logic but it's what it is so uh, let's talk about the criteria that I rank in order for importance and for each team it's going to be a little bit different based on the offensive scheme that you run are you a power running game are you a zone concept blocking um, what kind of dropbacks do you do with your quarterbacks is it just get the ball out quick things like that but the order I have no, most important um Pass set versus speed rushers off the edge. If you could stop that, you could play tackle in the NFL. Number two, doesn't give up ground um, versus the bull rush. So think about your guys like Khalil Mack that just kind of power through guys. They got to be able to stop that. Balance stays within their frame. Length. So again, I do have this idea of height plus arm reach, and I'll give the rankings on all those. Gets movement when run blocking. If you're a power run game, that's going to be more important for you. Times on the ground. This is huge. One of the things is just balance. Do their feet stay within their frame? And you can tell that by how many times they get slung to the ground by defenders. Feet never stop moving. Are they a high-energy guy that's going to block through the whistle? Combo block exchange. That's that blocking the initial lineman, then passing them off to the guard and getting to the next level. That's where your big home run plays take place. Um, heavy hands that neutralize the defenders. When the offensive lineman engages the defender, can you see that head pop back of the defender? Are they, are they the attackers, even though they're offensive linemen? That's one of my favorite things to look for. And then the pull and screen game. This is something, you know, I, I added about two years ago, but like, this is the thing nowadays. You've got to be able to block in space because everybody's doing all these new concepts to where they're jumping out and you know, blocking safeties one-on-one -on -one in a 20-yard window. Can they get out there and be effective if they do that? So back to Jawan Taylor. He is a guy that just gets the job done. And the best thing about him is he's played in the SEC. And he's played against all these top-tier pass rushers, and he has dominated them every single time. He has allowed one sack and 10 pressures on 364 snaps versus the elite of the elite. Now, he does have 22 penalties over the course of three years. That's a little problematic. You know, false starts, holds, and you can see that sometimes. Um, he's Every single offensive lineman tries to get one of their hands inside the shoulder pads on the breastplate, so like basically just inside the nipple. Yeah, we're talking about nipples on here. That's what we're doing now. Um, and then one on the outside shoulder. And the problem is that, I mean, that's what you teach play in and play out. Even whenever I coached offensive linemen, you know, you do drills to help them learn how to get that hand inside and grab cloth. 
But the problem is whenever the defense defender breaks away or you get off balance or your shoulders are turned, you have to disengage. He holds that a little long, and you see him get called for that sometimes. Um, now, he's not great in the screen game, but he's amazing everywhere else. So, uh, you know, it, you watch film against, you know, if you go to my Twitter again, at JL underscore Chapman, I hate plugging myself like that, but I want you guys to see what I'm talking about. I did cut-ups of every single play that he had versus Montez Sweat, and I did cut-ups of every single play that he had versus Josh Allen, and he shut him down. It, I mean, if you were to just grade those films on the defenders, you would not think Josh Allen or Montez Sweat were first-round draft choice uh, just because, I mean, he completely shut them down. And you're talking about going against the elite of the elite. So that's something that's just got to be in the mind of all these GMs whenever they do these rankings. Now, his weight does get too far over his toes sometimes whenever pass rush um, is, is acceptable, susceptible to the stack and shed. And what I mean by that is if he's getting bull rushed, he holds up pretty well on that. But then if the defender goes to pull him down and it's a seven-step drop or a play action, something like that, that's something that could be uh, needs to be addressed. He's a heavy-footed tackle, a very strong punch. Um, now, the again, another major question here is he has only played on the right side. So that transition from right side of the offensive line to the left, it's a big deal. It's, it's the exact same thing as batting right-handed your whole life than trying to switch left because you're changing your, plat, your plant foot and your kick step foot. And, yeah, it's, it, it can be done, but he's never done it. So are you wanting to make that change? He would be – if you want to put him on the right side and you have a right tackle need, then you love this kid. Uh, de decent kick slide. It's not great. He doesn't use it all the time. It's, it's kind of interesting. Sometimes he just kind of does like a shuffle instead of the actual kick slide. And what I mean by kick slide, that's where you're jumping out versus the speed rush. And again, as a coach, it was awesome because you can hear when a player's doing right. You don't even have to listen because it's a slap whenever that he's on the right side. So he's jumping back with his right foot and sliding his left. And so it's slap, slide, slap, slide, slap, slide is what you want to hear. But a lot of times he's just kind of doing almost like a linebacker shuffle. So he, he could still improve his technique, but the efficiency is there. Um, he doesn't have issues with sacks or giving up pressures. He, he's great versus the run game and is kind of he's a body mover that blocks sumo style. He's not a guy that gets his arms extended. He's a chest up. I'm going to bump you out of my way, and it's pretty funny with the way that he blocks. It's very anti, I don't know, technique-wise, but again, if you just want somebody that gets the job done, play in and play out, that isn't your, the combine, he didn't really do much. That's not who he is. He's a football player, much more so than he is an athlete, and we can't say that about all the guys in here. Doesn't get to the second level uh, very well on combo blocks, but again, that's not what his game is. He's just a guy that will make sure your quarterback doesn't get hit at all. Um, he's not the cleanest. He's not the prettiest, but he gets the job done. So my player comparison was a less dominant um, Laramie Tunzel. Now, again, he doesn't use his hands as well, but he's in that tier. He will go in the first round, and I do believe he will be the very first um, offensive tackle taken. He should be. Um, so let's run through the numbers real quick. Uh, pass set versus speed rushers. I gave him an eight. Doesn't give up versus the ground versus the bull rush. Eight. You're not moving through this guy. Balance stays within his frame. Uh, I'm going to bump him down there. That's going to be a five. That's probably that's his lowest grade. 
Length is an 8. Solid there. Gets movement when run blocking, 9. You got to love that. Time's on the ground, 9. He doesn't fall down. He does get off balance, but he doesn't go to the ground. Feet never stop moving, 6. Yeah, he has some issues in the fourth quarter with uh, maybe some conditioning. Uh, a lot of O-linemen do. You see his hands on the hips a little bit later in the game. So that's something he could work on. Combo block exchange, again, I have him at a 6. Heavy hands, 9, and then pull screen game 5. That's not who he is. But with the most important things, he is very, very solid. Okay? So that's Jawan Taylor out of Florida. Now let's go to Dalton Reisner. And Reisner, and he is the guy that is rising up draft ranks like crazy. And one of the questions that we have in our mailbag is going to deal with this guy. So stay tuned. We'll talk a little bit more how he fits with the 49ers and what that would look like. But before we do that, let's just break down his stuff. So... Kansas State, six foot four. You know that's kind of the the floor for off at left tackles. Two hundred, uh, three hundred thirteen pounds. He ran a five three five three forty. He's not a speedster, but that's not bad. Uh, and thirty four inch arms. So the, the biggest question on this guy already off the bat is he is the floor height for a left tackle, and he has the floor arms for a left tackle. So if you if you hate these rankings and like man, how could you have this guy this high there? This is where your issues going to be. But now let's get into the great things about him. Zero sacks in 352 pass snaps. That is just it doesn't even make sense. Uh, he only allowed five pressures. So again, you know, you look at, you know, what we were talking about with Joan Taylor, he allowed 10 on about the same number of pass snaps. He's cut that in half. 12 penalties over four years. That is incredible. And, you know, whenever you're around and you look through certain schools put out players, Kansas State puts out O-linemen. Iowa puts out O-linemen. And they're all coached very, very well. You know, Washington, I love wide receivers and DBs. Uh, Alabama, I want D-linemen. But Kansas State, I want O-linemen from here. This guy... Um, he started all four years. His first year at K-State, he was an all-Big 12 center. <laughs> Very next year, all-Big 12 right tackle. And that's where he finished out his career. So a uh, four-year starter from day one on campus. And he's been an you know, all-Big 12 center and all-Big 12 right tackle. He's a guy that can play all five positions on the offensive line. So if you're one of those teams, like the 49ers, that you have a hole at guard, but in the next two years, you're going to have a hole at left tackle or right tackle. This guy, you have a giant circle on and an asterisk and all those things because he can help you immediately as a guard or a center. But if you want to move him to right tackle or left tackle, which are more premium positions in the NFL, they're more valuable, especially if you follow the money. Um, so that that could happen. And that's what he did in the Big 12 as well. So this guy, he's just one of those guys that could do it all. A very sound football player, very decent athleticism, but a sound football player. Um, he's number one in his class. He never allowed one inside pressure pass rush um, by an inside guy. Number three in pass blocking efficiency and just – the guy's fun to watch. A lot of offensive lineman film is boring. The thing that Dalton Reisner does is, one, he's going to block all the way through the echo of the whistle. You'll hear that. So don't block through the whistle. If it's still ringing, you can still get an extra hit in. And he is violent with his hands. He's the exact opposite type of run blocker as Jawan Taylor. As Jawan Taylor, again, sumo, chest to chest. Um, his helmet's going to engage, and he's going to initiate contact with his helmet, Jawan Taylor. Whereas Dalton Reiser is going to punch you with both of his hands, and he is going to constantly just do these, like, 
half bench presses and throw you around and get you off balance. He just he, he ragdolls defensive linemen. It's just what he does. Um, he just throws them, and he doesn't stop till the play is over every single time. But he doesn't get called for penalties either, which is which is a nice thing. Um, now, very mean in the run game. Again, talk about fun film. It's just kind of who he is. And he's a little heavy-footed in his kick step. Again, not ideal, but his balance is always great, and he's always under control. He is good at getting to the second level despite his speed. Um, he fires out of his stance very, very well. And in his game versus Mississippi State, he got to go against Montez Sweat. It, he didn't have any major issues. He got put on his butt one time where Montez Sweat kind of bull rushed in and put him on his butt, but it was a running play. And uh, Montez Sweat didn't make the play, but he kind of crashed in the offensive line. But other than that, he neutralized him pretty well. And they kind of they, they chatted back and forth a little bit because and it's pretty normal for Dalton Reisner. It doesn't matter. The Texas film, whatever film you put on, he's pissing defenders off. And you can see him talking to him, and he just <laughs> he'll pat him on the shoulder as he walks back, like it's okay, it's okay, which is it just cracks me up. Now, player comparison, Michael Orr was just screaming at me as I watched him, just because of the way he plays. But he has so much more versatility because he can play every position. Now, I do think he will go late first to early second round because with a lot of these guys we're about to talk about, Dalton Reisner will be on every team's board. Whether you have him graded as a guard or as a center or as a right tackle or a left, it doesn't matter. Um, he might not be their top guy, but he's going to be in the top three or four offensive tackles or offensive linemen for every single team in the NFL. And because of that, I really do think there's a chance he sneaks into the back half of the first round. Um, probably early second, but that's where he's going to be going. Now, let's go through his numbers. And again, it, this is K-State, man. It, this is just how you rate K-State tackles. Uh, you know, go back to Cody Whitehair. This is just, they're just solid at everything. So, pass set versus speed rush off the edge, eight. Doesn't give up ground versus bull rush, nine. Balance stays within his frame, eight. Length, five. Biggest red flag. Um, the length, that's the issue for left tackle only. Again, if you want a right tackle, great. If you want a guard, amazing. You want a center, great. Uh, gets movement when run blocking, eight. <laughs> a lot of times it's not so much pushing them backwards. He pushes them to the side out of the way. Times on the ground, six. He does follow to the ground a few too many times. Feet never stop moving, five. Um, once he gets into his block and engages the defender, you'll see sometimes he'll stop with his feet and fight more with his upper body. Um, so that's something that needs to be worked on. Combo block exchange, seven. Heavy hands, ten. He, you couldn't give him uh, – there's nobody that has a punch like him in this draft. Pull screen game, three. So he can get to the second uh, level and he kind of walls off defenders. He's not the type of guy that runs out there and tries to pancake corners or linebackers or safeties. Instead, uh, it's much more of like a chess move to where I'm going to stop you from going where you want to instead of I'm going to go pile drive a safety. So uh, that's going to wrap up Dalton Reisner, um, who's, gosh, so fun. I, if you want to watch a fun game film, go watch him versus Mississippi State. It's, I, I love watching one versus ones. It, it's just a blast. Now this next guy is totally different than everybody else we're talking about today, and that is Andre Dillard, uh, offensive tackle out of Washington State, 6'5", 315 pounds, ran a 4.96, and has 33-inch arms. So... 
His arms are a little bit shorter than you would like, but the height is there, 6'5", and he is just a super smooth and athletic left tackle. If you are a team that just throws the ball like crazy, this is the guy that you want. Um, His ceiling is just insane. So, you know, he comes out of the Mike Leach kind of, you know, run and gun system. Um, you know, sorry, not run and gun, but just the air out air raid offense is what it's called going all the way back to Art Bryles and Houston, then Baylor and Texas Tech. Uh, This is Mike Leach. This is what he's done everywhere he's gone. So it's snap, throw, snap, throw, snap, throw. So his run game, it's almost impossible because every single play that Washington State does, it's a pass set. They make every play look exactly alike, and their running game is essentially screens and draws and delays and things like that. So, yes, they run the ball a lot, but the offensive line doesn't block that way. So, if again, if you are a power-running football team, Andre Dillard's not even on your thing. You probably wouldn't even have a third-round grade on him because he doesn't do what you specialize in. So he's not a type of guy that you know New England's going to draft. It's just not what they do. Uh, watch them draft him now. That'd be hilarious. Thank you, Bill Belichick, for always proving everybody else wrong. But anyway, he's given up one sack and 15 pressures on 722 pass snaps. So that's over two, like, just to show you how often this guy pass sets. And he's very, very effective. 25 penalties in four years. That is problematic. But again, a pure pass rusher that's going to struggle in the run game. He's going to have some hiccups. So just understand his rookie year is not going to be as clean and polished as a lot of these other guys. But his ceiling, as far as pass protection, is the highest in the NFL. Like he's going to be insane. Um, He's more of a finesse tackle. Just like that's just what he looks like. But he does not struggle versus the bull rush. Um, Three-year full-time starter. And if he locks on with his arms, it's completely over. He specializes at getting hands inside the breastplate. He's not one of those guys that's going to get one inside, one outside, like you usually teach. Uh, His job, he gets both inside, and that's just what he does. And he controls kind of like driving a small steering wheel, uh, both hands inside, thumbs up, lock on, and he controls them that way. Very quick, excellent in the pool game, screen game. Um, He had one of the fastest short shuttles for an offensive tackle. Uh, So, like, he's great at getting out in the open and blocking in space. Again, never blocked uh, in the run game very, very much, but that's what it is. I I think his biggest issue is going to be that speed-to-power combo, which is almost every offensive tackle in the NFL. He's going to handle the speed game fine. He can handle the bull rush game fine. But whenever you can combine those two things when they get to that upfield shoulder and then leverage in or get that bend like Khalil Mack always does – that's what he's going to have to work on. Um, and, and it's funny because, you know, as we talk about Dillard and how finesse and smooth and athletic he is, his kick slide still needs a lot of work. He has not reached his ceiling because it, when you watch him go through on the field combine drills, he was confused, but he's so athletic it doesn't matter. <laughs> so uh, he can still get better. He does hop a little bit more than he should. Um, you, you don't want that because you want each foot independent of each other moving. You want one foot engaged with the ground at all times as you're setting your pass rush or your pass set because if they go into you and both feet are in the air, they're going to knock you back. Now, this wasn't a problem in college, but just from a technique perspective, he's going to have to clean up his footwork. Uh, my player comparison for Dillard was Garrett Bowles, but much smoother and much higher ceiling. Garrett Bowles hadn't had the best start. 
uh, in the NFL, but he is a much higher ceiling and very smooth. He will go in the first round because, again, as I said, there will be teams that have him number one on the board, and there will be teams that don't have you know, a first or second round grade. So he, he's a scheme fit type of a guy. So let's go through his numbers. Pass set versus speed rushers, eight. He's got to clean up his fit, footwork a little bit better than he already is at. But his number has the highest ceiling by far. I've said that several times, I know. But that's who this kid is. Doesn't give up ground to the bull rush, eight. Seems like he would, but he never does on film. Balance stays within his frame, six. Footwork issues. Length is a six. He has the height, but his arms aren't there. Uh, short arms, that's going to be an issue. Gets movement and run blocking, three. You hardly ever see it, but again, he's more of a stalemate guy. He's not going to push anybody out of the way. Times on the ground, eight. Doesn't fall down, so athletic. Feet never stop moving, eight. Combo block exchange, three. Haven't really seen it. Didn't Was never really asked to do it. Heavy hands, eight. Uh, sorry, heavy hands, five. Um, again, he's not a guy that's going to knock them back. He's going to lock on and keep them in front of him. And pull screen game, he is a 10 best in this draft class so now what we're going to do is drop down a tier and these are guys that more than likely are going to be playing guard at the next level so first up jonah williams out of alabama six foot four 302 pounds he ran a 5.12 and 33 inch arms so here's the issue right six floor floor as far as height goes 33, a little bit below the floor for length that you want as a, a left tackle. Now, he played left tackle in the SEC and did absolutely incredible. He gave up zero sacks and 12 pressures on 466 pass snaps. So uh, he's very effective going against top-level guys year in, year out. But again, the question is, man, if you need a right tackle and you already have your left tackle in place, you love Jonah Williams. If you are going to try to day one set him at left tackle, that's a little bit scary. You're asking a lot. I think he can do it without an issue, but it's where he is. 15 penalties in three years. He is ranked third in the country versus outside pass rush despite this arm length. So again, the film says he can do it. It's just the measurables raise a question mark. It's not ideal. Um, good quick feet and arm extension can deliver a pop when he wants to, um, but he doesn't do it all the time. And th there are a few plays, again, if you just looked at his highlights, you could say he has the strongest you know, uh, arm punch in this draft class, but he doesn't use it consistently. There are a few times where you'll see him hit somebody and you're just like, oh, and then other times it's just kind of like, man, I wonder why he's not punching this guy here. Why is he not doing that? Um, he does, he does not give up ground on contact. He's very anchored. Uh, he sits in his bucket very well, which is a phrase that's used a lot of time, meaning his weight is in his butt. Uh, he has very good knee bend and he usually plays with very good leverage. So even if he is not driving back the offensive lineman, he's never going negative. He's never getting driven back. You don't see that at all. Uh, very good at using his hips to seal off defenders. You know, a lot of guards and offensive linemen they think it's i have to drive you back five yards that's not the case and you see this with dalton reisner and jonah williams much more than the other guys i don't have to drive you back i just got to turn you away from the play and i'm going to put my body between the defender and the play side gap so I, I don't necessarily have to drive you off the field so he can do that and push somebody three yards in the back uh backwards 
but you'll see him engage, control, and then shift his hips and use his upper body to turn so that the defender can't get he just putting himself between there, almost like a pawn. Uh, he plays very, very smart. You can tell he understands exactly what's going on. No issues with D-line stunts or blitz packages. Always calm, always collected, and very boring film, which is a huge compliment whenever you look at offensive linemen. Um, very low ceiling, however, whenever you compare him to other players like Taylor, Jawan Taylor, or, Dill or Dillard. It's, it's just what it is. He could probably play four O-line spots. I don't know if you want to project him as center. Uh, it's possible he could do it. We just have never seen it before, so I don't want to make that projection. But um, my player comparison for him, and this might be a bad one, but it's just what I saw. Um, he is a cleaner Jonathan Martin. I know he's gone through a lot of stuff off the field, but as far as play on the field goes, he's that kind of smooth, boring um technician that can do it all he's going to go in the late first i really do think that there's going to be four offensive linemen that go in that uh i think one offensive lineman will go top 10 i think that's Jawan taylor i really really do and then from that kind of 17 18 to 32 i could see another three guys go there um so let's go through the numbers with jonah williams here we go pass set versus speed rushes off the edge nine doesn't give up ground versus bull rush. Nine. <laughs> Balance stays within his frame. Seven. And, and, and if we stop there and you say, okay, he can do all these things, why is he fourth? Well, it's the length question, right? He gets a five on length. Gets movement run blocking seven. Times on the ground, seven. Feet never stop moving, seven. Combo block exchange, nine. Heavy hands, six. He shows it sometimes. And pull screen game, seven. He's just not that ceiling play. And he can't play center like Dalton Reisner can. So I think Dalton Reisner is a better left tackle than Jonah Williams is. I think Jonah Williams is equivalent at right tackle or either of the guard spots. But again, the center kind of allows me to bump up that. Because for some people, they're starting to value that position much more so um, than the either guard spot. So uh, it, all these guys are really, really close. And I really, really like all of them. But that's the way I have them ranked. And the last guy, I'm going to go relatively quick. I know I'm getting long here, so stay with me. Uh, Cody Ford, out of Oklahoma, six foot four. Again, there's the floor there. Um, 329 pounds, so he's a little bit bigger. Ran a 5.2140 and 34-inch arms, so a little bit longer arms. Now, does that one inch make all the difference in the world? Well, eh, I almost did it. That's what she said joke, but... Uh, it matters because whenever you look at prototypical offensive tackles that have success, that's the cutoff. Uh, they all almost have that 34 in common, not 33. He's given up one sack in seven pressures on 441 pass snaps. These guys are elite. And so, yeah, I might have them ranked in different tiers. These are all starting caliber tackles in the NFL that have insane film and insane protection numbers. Um, he's had 10 penalties this year. That is a major red flag. That is not okay. And another issue with Cody Ford is the offensive system that he played with, it's not very – that hasn't translated as well to the NFL because, uh, you know, he played probably – Oklahoma's offensive line was probably the best offensive line in college in the past decade. Uh, they're going to have four guys drafted this year, and their center might be a first-round draft pick next year. Like, they're so talented, and they've been playing together for a while. Um, now, he might be one of the most balanced offensive tackles in this draft as far as a run-pass perspective. 
Uh, he did play at right tackle as well. So uh, we've got another guy that's a huge protection. Uh, do we move somebody that's 6'4 with 34 arms to the left side even though they haven't done it? That's a question mark, right? Doesn't mean he can't, just mean we haven't seen it. Decent kick slide, but nothing special there. Uh, could play guard or tackle. A lot of teams will have him at guard, but he is amazing in the run game and uses his hips very, very well to wall off defenders from play side gap. Um, if he gets both hands on you, it is over. Like It's funny. It's kind of like soccer whenever you see somebody you know, dribbling the ball. You could tell they're good if the ball stays close to them. He does not allow separation between him and the defender. He gets them in close, and they stay very, very close. Uh, he doesn't let he doesn't let them go. He is uh, one of those guys that just locks on very well. His hand use, even though it's not powerful, he doesn't have that huge punch, but his hand use is perfect. Um, no issues with speed rushers, and it's not as quick as you would like. My player comparison for him, Cody Ford, Brian Balaga, but with less length. So he's not near as tall or long, but, man, the film looks very, very similar. And, again, he plays on the right side, so it's easy to see. I think that he will fall. I think that he'll go early second. Um, and a lot of that just has to do with, man, his length, and he hasn't played on the right side. So let's go through the numbers here. Cody Ford, pass set versus speed rusher 7, doesn't give up ground versus bull rush 9. Balance stays when his frame eight, length six. He's you know he's six four, thirty four inch arms, not bad. Gets movement when run blocking seven times on the ground nine. You haven't seen him fall down. Feet never stop moving six. Combo exchange seven. Heavy hands in that uh, neutralized defenders seven. But again, he's not punching, so it's almost like this cat. I need more categories here to help him see that. In screen game, pool game six. You know that's not going to be his game. It's just it, it, it's not what he is going to do. So. Anyway, that's going to conclude our evaluation, guys. Now what we're going to do, we're going to jump over and we're going to talk through uh, just a handful of quick um, draft mailbag questions. But before we do that, I want to say thanks to our sponsors. Man, I am so pumped about this. Game Day Sports and Memorabilia, these guys are the absolute best. They are sending over a DeForest Buckner autographed jersey, and I could not be more excited. DeForest Buckner is by far one of my favorite 49ers. You know, it was really cool being there at the NFL draft when he was selected in the first round and seeing that. It was just cool. Um, excited to go out to the draft again this year, but I love DeForest Buckner. You know, my son knows he is by far my favorite player on the 49ers team right now on the defensive side. He knows that. Um, so anyway, uh, any sports memorabilia needs, I'm going to let you know the giveaway parameters for that once the jersey gets in, and then I will be able to, I'll put that up on Twitter and I'll talk about it on here. Haven't decided exactly what I want to do to, uh, to have like a fun contest with this, but whatever, uh, stay tuned for that DeForest Buckner autographed, uh, Jersey. It's going to be on the way from game day sports and memorabilia head over there, check out all the stuff they got. They got everything that you need from every sport. Absolute great site. Great people over there. Again, that's game day sports and memorabilia. So here we go. First question comes from Chris A. Do you think the 49ers should draft a wide uh, the wide receiver DK Metcalf? If they don't, will they regret not drafting him? First off, thanks, Chris. Really appreciate the support. And the question, I do not think that we're going to get DK Metcalf. Yes, I understand the Julio Jones comparisons are out there. One, he's not Julio Jones yet. Um, Julio Jones coming out of college way far ahead of DK Metcalf. Now, maybe he doesn't run the same 40 time. Maybe he's not as ripped up with his shirt off. Maybe he's not as strong. I get all of those things. I like DK Metcalf. 
Um, but he's my wide receiver four in this class. Uh, do, do I think that he will be the fourth wide receiver taken? No, I do not. He'll be the first or second wide receiver taken. That's almost a lock. But I have him as my wide receiver four. And the main there's lots of reasons why. One, I, I, I'm very concerned health-wise. You know, he's somebody that has not played that many games. He's played 21 games in three years um, and never gone over 700 yards. He just has not done that. So if he stays healthy, yeah, that's going to change things dramatically. But again, if you can't do that in college, it just raises concern is all. So I'm not saying he's going to get hurt at the next level, but it's what it is. Um, He's definitely got some issues with in-breaking routes, and that showed up in his three-cone time and all that stuff. But, like, he ran three routes in college. He ran the fade, he ran the comeback, and he ran a hitch. Uh, Ole Miss's offensive scheme is it's a middle school offense, and 75% or more of his routes were just those three things over and over again. So he's not a polished route runner at all. Now he runs the fade rail. Uh, he's great versus press coverage. You cannot press this guy unless you have safety help over the top because he is physical and insane fast. But again, if you're a team that runs a complex route scheme, you do not want to mess with this guy. Uh, will he go in the top 15? Yes, he will. Um, but just understand, this guy is not Julio Jones. So that's my opinion on that. Now let's see how we could possibly get DK Metcalf. One, you're going to have to trade back or trade up. You, you cannot pick him at two. There's no way in hell they're going to pick him at two. I, I say that. John Lynch is surprises two years in a row. But you're going to have to trade out at two. So let's say we trade out with the Giants and we get the number six and number 17 uh, overall pick. At pick six, you better take a pass rusher there. Uh, you've already left the elite guys behind, but who knows? Maybe you can get somebody like Montez Sweat. Um, maybe you can get somebody like Brian Burns. Uh, there's uh, Cleveland Farrells, who I would choose in that position. And then at pick 17, he's probably going to be gone. So uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen. Or are you going to trade up from the second round up if he does fall? And I don't think that's going to happen either. So I don't think the 49ers are going to get him. This is a very deep wide receiver class, there is going to be a top-tier stud wide receiver at pick 36. I, I, I really do believe that, whether you consider that to be Debo. I know a lot of people are really high on him. I think Kelvin Harmon, if he is there, um, somebody like A.J. Brown, probably going to go in the first, but somebody's going to fall. Marquise Brown, yeah, he's got some injury concerns, but Marquise Brown would be a perfect fit in Kyle Shanahan's system, uh, the OU wide receiver. So uh, I, I personally don't think Metcalf will go to the 49ers. I would prefer waiting and getting what's going to fall there. Now, um, this is from Panda King Nine. That is an awesome uh, Twitter handle at Panda King with a G um, Nine. So um, you're doing great work with the podcast. It's great. Listen, keep it up. Really appreciate the kind words. Thank you, Panda King. Um, if Reisner falls to 36, do you see the 49ers drafting him to start at guard and then move to tackle when Staley retires? Man, I this is an absolutely great pick, and I just put a poll up of four different draft options for the 49ers with their first, second, and third round picks, and one of those was Reisner in the second round. I don't think he's going to be there, but if he is there, yes, you're exactly right. You start him at right guard. And then whenever Staley does retire, you move McGlinchey over to left tackle. He is the prototypical left tackle with the height and length. And then you slide in uh, Reisner to that right tackle spot, or you keep him at guard. And shoot, he could just back up 
every single offensive line position, which is where his value comes from. I would be absolutely thrilled. And this just goes to show that 36 pick, the second round, that is a huge pick. Now, we have not stayed still in the second round since John Lynch came aboard. We've either traded up or we've traded up. <laughs> so uh, who knows what's going to happen there. Hopefully we keep that 36 pick where it is. And, you know, if we want to trade up from the third round into the second round, I'm cool with that. But I don't think we need to jump up from that 36. There's so much depth in this draft. You're going to get an all-out stud there. Okay, uh, the last question that we'll go through, I know we're getting long here. And if I did not get to your question today, we will on the next episode. So stay tuned for that. Uh, really appreciate all these questions coming. This is from Arturo M. Who fits the 49ers defense better, Quinnen Williams or Josh Allen? So um, here we go. Let's deal with that part, and then he's got another part of the question here in a second. In a vacuum, okay, <laughs> in a vacuum, they both are our ideal fits for what we want to do. Quinnen Williams is the ideal three technique. The problem is we have DeForest Buckner, who is a top five three technique in the NFL. Okay, Josh Allen, he is the perfect for the wide nine slash Sam. You can call him Leo. You can call him whatever you want, the weekend. There's so many different names you, that's been tossed out there. But we just signed D Ford, who plays that exact same role. So with both of these guys, we're already in the situation of, well, we kind of already have that guy. So then what do you do? I think you go to best position available or best player available, I apologize. And for me, that's Josh Allen. Uh, one, I like Josh Allen's tape, his versatility. He's going to work very, very well. And I value the edge rusher more. So let's say we draft Josh Allen. What does that look like, right? Um, I think you put Josh Allen at Sam on, you know, kind of your base defense, which is probably just going to be short yardage situations, whatever else. And you have D Ford at your in spot with Eric Armstead. Now, once it goes to pass down or your nickel defense or whatever, then you're going to move Eric Armstead out just like we did last year. And then you move Josh Allen down. So you have Josh Allen and D Ford as your in spots. Now, the problem with that is, are you going to run two wide nines? I don't know. Uh, they're both speed guys with elite first steps that are very similar games. You know, Josh Allen's much bigger. Uh, he's got about 30 pounds on him, eh, about 20 pounds on him. But so, like, that's the idea. What do you what do you want that to look like? But uh, I think Josh Allen is a exceptional off the ball linebacker, and if he was just an off the ball guy, he would still go in the first round. His coverage grade, his run support, um, I I think automatically he would probably be the best. Um, kind of mirror or spy off the ball linebacker in the NFL. If you're talking about Russell Wilson or something like that, it, it's unreal his film whenever he goes against a mobile quarterback. But it, hopefully that answers your question there. I would prefer Josh Allen. I like Quinnen Williams. I love Quinnen Williams. But I think Josh Allen is a better football player. I know people are cussing into their thing or turn this off. But that's just my opinion. Now, the second part of his question is, would switching to a 3-4 defense to complement the type of players um, help us out? Worst thing about Robert Sale is this. He forces players out of their position to fit his system, and I think that's bad coaching. Uh, we've seen this with Solomon Thomas. We've seen this with safeties, whether that's Jimmy Ward or you know DJ Reed that we drafted last year We or Tavares Moore that we drafted that was a safety and force and play corner. We are going to force people to fit this mold, and I don't think that's going to change. So it, the idea of switching to a 3-4 is not going to happen. Now, 
And if you want to get into philosophy of football, you could argue, well, the wide nine technically is a 3-4 hybrid. Um, they are very, very, very similar but no, this is going to be this defense, this cover three thing that started in Seattle a long time ago is predicated on getting pressure with your front four and then having favorable matchups on the back end with a hybrid safety to cause turnovers. And so that seems to be what we are trying to get to, especially with the D Ford signing and Quan Alexander, the athletic off the ball linebacker. It just seems to be what we're doing. So we're not going to do it. Should we do it? I don't think so, but we do have to address the edge position. That is much more valuable for this defense than Quinnen Williams. If we got Quinnen Williams, I'd be very happy. I just don't think it's the best move. Um, when you get good players, your team gets better. So thanks, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed this. I know it's a little long today, but enjoy the draft talk. And if you haven't already, go hit subscribe and leave us a review. It helps us out very, very much. Thanks and take care. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.